0: Thank you for joining the She the Icon podcast. This podcast is designed to connect you to your passion and purpose through combo, collaboration, creativity, confidence, and clarity. And with all of our special guests, you will learn how faith can help you through trials and tribulations and build your business as an entrepreneur. So today, our special guests will be introduced right after this message. Um, personally, when I went to Houston for an event, and you know, when you meet people, you can just tell that they have a beautiful spirit and connection. And I was really determined to have this beautiful lady on our podcast, and that lady is Tiffany Janelle. Thank you for joining our podcast today.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me and please know all those decadent words to describe me are most certainly mutual so I appreciate you seeing me uh in that room there were a
0: lot of people you could have seen that day so I appreciate you seeing me that way well thank you thank you so you guys know that we love bringing on people with very um diverse backgrounds and I mean like with all the people that I know that I try to bring people on from different industries and one of the things that is true and near to my heart of course is food everybody knows that I love food <laughs> so when I had a chance to meet her we didn't necessarily work together but you know we started following each other on social media and I was so amazed when I seen the professionalism and presentation for what you provide Tiffany is a I'm gonna say culinary artiste that's what I curate <laughs> curator <laughs> because what I can say is I know that the things taste amazing but visually it makes you not even want to eat them because they look so pretty and I'm sorry I use the word pretty but I know for some guys they may be like oh I'm not but listen when I tell you the presentation makes you not even want to eat the food because it's so well put together so I just want to know we're going to start with our first question because I want to know what was your inspiration behind even getting into the culinary space
1: so it's funny I I of course get asked this question often and my answer is similar, and, and I think I mean it's the same, but in the same breath, I learn, you know, every day, like different things about myself as I reflect back over my life, and I've been fortunate enough to pivot a lot in my career, and so I'm actually one of those kids that, like, at five years old, my mom asked me, hey what do you want to be when you grow up? And I and I knew I wanted to be a okay. chef. So the chef piece was, was always a part of my life. It was always a goal. Um, it was really like chef and music. Like I always wanted to do both of those things. So candidly, my first degree is actually in audio engineering. I went to school for that first um, because I knew I could squeeze both of them in at the same time because they were short degrees. So I did audio engineering. But the chef world uh, culinary programming that I wanted to go into was pastry arts and so I think that uh, my degree is actually in baking and pastry so I think that uh, my entry of course was just that it was being a pastry chef at a
0: restaurant
1: Um, but I've always loved food since I was a kid I come from a background of family that cooked growing up both sides of my family are from Louisiana um, I grew up in a very Southern Creole household. Um, and it's funny, I didn't like grow up eating soul food. Like, people always like wonder if I have these like crazy stories about like this recipe being mm-hmm. passed down. Da, 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 and I'm like, well, it wasn't really like that. My mom was pretty much like a kind of a health freak. Like, we ate turkey bacon <laughs> and, you know, these kind of things growing up. So my food now is actually kind of a reflection of what I didn't get to do when I was a child or a younger person. So, went into the patriarchs field. Um, became a wedding cake designer for about a decade, and I think that particular skill set allowed me to pay attention to intricate details, which is why now my food, um, from the pivot of my career when I went over to food full-time, I'm just very you know, intricately dedicated to the way the food looks. It should taste good and look good. I think you do eat with your eyes Oh my goodness.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Like I'm just envisioning it right now. Oh my goodness. But (laughs) I, I love the fact that you said you knew at five that that's what you wanted to do. Because I think that when it's something that is genuine and you know that this is your passion and at five for you to know that that's what you wanted to do and to be living and walking that right now is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's funny you said that. I just literally said that on my Facebook the other day. I finished a really amazing event on Saturday night and it was like four o'clock in the morning and I just decided to get on Facebook and make a post because I, I candidly went right past my entrepreneur anniversary, if you will, which was back in May. And I said, you know, God is really good. Like God is amazing because I'm literally, you know, self-employed. Um, black woman doing exactly what I said I was going to do my whole life. Um, and there's no mistake in that, you know, there's no happenstance in that. I do believe that food has been an amazing vehicle to my purpose. I would, a lot of people ask me if I think food is my purpose and I don't know that food is my purpose, but food has definitely been an amazing car to get inside of every day and get to this place of peace and helping people live a better life, living, you know, their best life as we, so uh jokingly said over these past couple of years but yeah like i just think that you know knowing isn't everyone's blessing everyone doesn't know what they want to do I and mean, i don't take that for granted like i think a lot of people are figuring it out and it's okay to be 35 and 45 and still be figuring mm-hmm. it out it's not about knowing all the time you know so i think we get caught up in this um this timeline that we especially women I feel like women really you know we're supposed to be married by uh-huh. 25 and kid by 30 and this by 30 like we just put ourselves under this pressure cooker if you will to have a end result um and I don't think that life is about that per se I just think life is about literally you know focusing your energy and figuring out things as you go that's it it's no secret uh sauce or no secret formula to
0: to the things absolutely and I agree with you 100% and I feel like you know when you can see that vision at an early age and able to live it that is nothing but the grace of God because he knows that that's your passion and he already had that path laid for you so I definitely want to touch on you know there are a lot of people that say that they're chefs and caterers or whatever it may be but let's talk about your path to becoming that because a lot of people always ask, like, well, "Do I have to go to culinary school to become a chef?" So, can you give us a little insight onto, you know, what was your process and how did you get to becoming, um, you know, this chef to the stars? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, well, you know, that's a whole, that's a joke in itself.
1: We always laugh about the chef to the stars piece because um, that actually came out of someone being you know mean and nasty to be on twitter to oh be my honest. goodness and so oh yeah you gotta yeah, talk yeah, about someone that, that type I, of
0: yeah we gotta talk about that i mean <laughs> i mean i'll
1: tell that story first and work okay. my way backwards it's okay. fine so you know i was on twitter one day and someone who you know she's popular right now she's on television radio all the things and you know she was just kind of being nasty nice one day she was like you know my name on on twitter my handle at the time was pastry chef Tiffany Janelle, which was rather long because my name alone, just Tiffany and Janelle is 14 (laughs) letters, right? So I was doing too much. So I needed to change my name handle anyway to make it a little more marketable and catchy. Um, But that wasn't really where that came from. But this lady was like, well, who are you and who do you cook for? And it just became this thing that was about My resume, and anyone that really knows me in real life knows I don't really go around posting about who I cook for, mainly because if you're really cooking for clients on a certain level and echelon, it's best for you not to talk about those things. Those clients don't like that, they don't like you taking Snapchat Mm -hmm. pictures and videos in their Mm -hmm. homes, that's just in poor taste. And so, anyway, with this person, she was kind of bullying me, and so that's how Chef to the Stars was born. It wasn't necessarily that. I felt like I needed to use that entity because I actually had the email far before Twitter. So Chef to the Stars um, was a thing, but it wasn't the thing that was marketed the way it was eventually. And so I will say the handle has probably gotten me a lot of opportunities um, that I may not have had opportunity to see before mm-hmm. but I do think that social media is a very powerful place I've made a lot of money I've showed other people how to make a lot of money with it but my path to the chef to the stars piece um, and I'll just start in my culinary formative years I did go to culinary school I don't think that that is a necessary path I tell everyone that it's an expensive path um, if you don't uh, do it right the first time or whatnot and I was very blessed to go to a short program And by short, I mean a program that I completed in less than a year. It was a high-intensity program because it was uh, based on European standards. And so Europeans are a little different about the way they school. Like, you know, our kids in college here go like, oh, my Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. And they go there for an hour and a half, and this is my class. Well, in European standards, you go to class five days a week. You go to class like a job. So I'm there for 7 a.m. until 5 p.m. So it's an accelerated course. Um, My degree, like I said, is in baking and pastry. I was valedictorian of my class, and that afforded me a lot of opportunities. I kind of went to like the Harvard of pastry schools because my founder of the school, his grandfather, was like the person that was most noted in France for pastry. And so fast forward, I worked in one restaurant in my whole life, just one, and I hated it. And so I, I was a woman working in a male-dominated restaurant that was owned by a woman. So it was a very interesting dynamic. I was cooking Indian food, which was different for me um, altogether. And infusing like my French classically trained work and skill set with this, you know, Indian uh, pastry thought process it was just a different world for me. So I left there and I worked for Phillips. I was their executive pastry chef for their 3,000 patrons and employees every day and worked there for a very short stint and decided I wanted to go and be a wedding cake designer so I became an independent contractor and worked for a wedding cake design firm in Houston and my very first client period was Tracy McGrady so I always had the celebrity clientele after Tracy it was Mr. Foreman George Foreman and his family became my clients so it just snowballed from there the type of clientele I had was always kind of set from the beginning it wasn't something I would say I earned it just was the way my path was set up from the beginning and so I became very sought after particularly in the athletic world and then you know celebrities are friends with athletes and so it kind of all coincided and so here we are now you know 15 years later and I'm very blessed to have The type of clientele I have, I have amazing corporate clientele, which I think is a big mainstay pivot that I need to do to sustain myself because I think a lot of people think that celebrity means money. And celebrities are some of the cheapest people in the world. They don't want to pay anything. (laughs) Anything. Yeah, they're used to getting Mm -hmm. everything for free. And so um, I don't work for free. My daughter costs money. My lifestyle costs money. And so, you know, I learned that quickly in America, of course, this country is built on capitalism. And so these big corporations, big and small, they spend a lot of money to entertain their business practices. And so hence where we are now with you know, all these amazing corporate clients. And so I enjoy the balance of both. I I take them in the season that they work for me.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Just to see. And I believe that like we can post great pictures online, but it seems like a lot of your uh, clients, I would say come from word of mouth. Like they hear about you or they see your presentation and they're recommended from, one person to the next would you say that that's the case yeah that's Mm -hmm. 100 true so the
1: business that i am in is kind of a show and tell type of business so yes i've been blindly hired by a lot of people um just based on what you just said which is oh your food looks great come on you know i I have a deal going on right now uh in california that's strictly based on this woman has never met me you know she just you know it's just like hey i love what you do come out and do it but to the opposite of that yes guests will experience the food they will have an event where they've attended they've seen the professionalism of my staff the other extensions of me um we try to give people you know experiences that they won't forget a lot of people want to be cheap when it comes to the food I've experienced where event planners want to cut the food budget so they can have a photo booth and I want to express to that planners um, but when I do I try to uh, tell them about my clientele if someone's hired me I promise you food is important to them and so I think that food can make or break your party people be like yeah absolutely I party and I had to go drive through you know I had to go get some mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. else it's <laughs> like you know don't be cheap where it counts because people remember that, and I certainly think about that when I'm curating a menu, I want to make sure that people don't leave hungry, no one's ever going to leave one of my events hungry my my host, you know, the person that hired me is going to go home with food because they've been entertaining all night I go to great lengths to make sure that the professionalism and the, the private chef piece speaks up because there's a certain level of taking care of my clients and they're all inclusive needs that come with my, my services, so it's not just food and a couple of cute pictures like we really go out of our way to make it special oh your family's from the Caribbean his family's from the south all right well let's merge and let's marry that you know let's make it special and let's make it curated to your guests and to what you got you all should get from this and so it's important to me I don't I don't just throw menus together I don't just like things that don't make sense like if you're having a a a dessert experience with champagne I'm not going to serve sliced cake because then you're trying to balance a glass of champagne and cake and a Mm fork so let's mm -hmm. think about desserts that are portable let's think about things that really make sense for the experience so we really it's much more than food I tell people you don't really pay me for food you pay me for
0: logistics
1: Exactly. Experience,
0: yeah. So, you know, and and I just want to touch on this because I was event planning for seven years. Wow, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, I did weddings, corporate events, retreats, everything, anything you can think of. I've done it. I've done church events where they had over eight hundred people. You know, mm-hmm. in banquet style. So I can definitely relate to that. And that was the number one thing that I will always tell all of anybody that I was working with. The most important thing that everybody is going to remember is the food. It's the food. It's the food. It's the food. And I tell them all the time. And, you know, I had experience where they wanted to go to the banquet halls, And then I've had experience where people wanted, you know, me to personally hire a chef. And what you said was something that I think is so important. And this is why I think that I get people. I have people right now calling me, texting me, emailing me asking me to do their events for them because I went above and beyond like they were so amazed and when you said that about um sending them home with food I did the same thing and I always told them like you know if you if you have um if you have a cocktail hour Have some hors d'oeuvres and cocktail hour. You know, do make sure your menu is good and have things for them to eat on the way out the door because they've been partying. They've worked off that food that they've eaten at dinner. Yeah. So when you said that about, um, you know, having something for them to take home and that's stuff that people don't think about. majority of the time, the bride and groom, they or the host, whoever hosts, they never really get a chance to sit down and eat.
1: Never. I've watched so many brides spend $50,000 on wedding food, not the flowers, not the anything. The food alone is $50,000 and they don't get a piece of steak, a piece of nothing. And it is disheartening. And I think that part of me, so the little sin of time I didn't talk about, I've been a private chef for probably uh, five of the years of my 15 years in business. And, you know, being a private chef, you really do literally cater to someone's every Mm -hmm. need. They're nutritional needs, etc And so, you know, my clients will work all day and they're just getting home and my meal is the only meal they've had for the day or whatever that experience looks like. And so I do think that as professionals in the on the culinary side, we have to think about, hey, the person that cut the check has to go have the food. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. So my one secret in the way I try to give people the upper hand. My mentees are working with me this past weekend. I said, look, this is my secret. I said, you make sure that you're your person that took this and spearheaded this gets food. You make sure, you know, their staff or their spouse gets food. You know, take care of everybody. So- When I prepare for an event, I'm not just thinking about the guests. I actually think about, and I don't have to do this, but I think about, you know, the people that are cleaning, the people, the DJs, you know, the people that are helping this be the thing that it is. And so I think all of those small touches just make a difference. And people do remember those things. I think what's most important is that people do remember how you make them feel. And everybody is hungry, no matter, you know, what time of day it is. If they've been working an event, they probably haven't eaten most of the day, whether they're in the event or they've prepared absolutely,
0: the event. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that is one of the most essential parts for being in this industry. You know, if you understand that, you can't do anything but be successful because people, under, they, they remember how they were treated. Absolutely, hands down. They remember that. And if you're going above and beyond to make their day right, They, I mean they they pay attention to that so speaking of making your day right um, I I love to share stories about something that was an interesting experience I would say that because I wouldn't say like a failure because if you made it through it wasn't a failure so can you please give us an example of something that you know you overcome I put it that way
1: um, something that I have overcome, I think, is just learning the art of no. Um, I'd say it's something I'm most proud of. I say, I you know, if I get let's say 200 email inquiries in a year, Bob just use that as mm-hmm. a, a number, I probably say no to 150 mm-hmm. of those things. Um, and the reason I do is because. I have learned that just because someone is interested in your services does not mean that it's a good fit for your brand. It does not mean that it's a good fit for your exertion of effort. It does not mean that it is a good fit for um, just what you offer in general. Like, I don't do that or this doesn't make sense for me. And biggest of all is budget. I don't believe in working with events that don't make sense for my time and and the, the money that needs to be made for that. And I say that because so many young caterers, young chefs, uh, people in this industry just take on everything just because there's a need. And if you can learn to decipher and figure out what does not make sense for you, you will spend less time taking on the things that don't make sense for you. And so it, it just, It was something I really had to master. Like I used to, when I was doing cakes, I remember the cheapest cake that I did at the time was $55. I can't even believe that I left my house for $55, but that was a real thing. And so fast forward, you know, it was the same thing with catering. I remember, you know, catering events for $500. Mm -hmm. I remember that, you know what I mean? I remember putting those events together and being like, okay, this is cool and now i know i want i mean i live in new york city now i can't afford mm-hmm. to do that i just doesn't even i mean i probably spent just to keep it real this past weekend i probably spent 300 dollars on uber just mm-hmm. to have you know my vehicle accompany another vehicle to deliver and set up an event for the past weekend so Just things like that. You just start learning what your time is worth. And here's the reality I'll tell everybody. There's no dollar amount you can put on your time because your time is your most expensive currency. So if you figure out, hey, real quick, that doesn't work for me. So learning how to say no, um, I think is just what makes sense. I remember there's someone right now. I mean, she's probably mad. She's a celebrity makeup artist and Um, you know she lives in Chicago and you know I've I've been friends with her for probably 12 years and she really I was giving her a really great price point for her wedding I was giving her a discount (laughs) I was doing all the things that friends do for their friends and you know she wanted like another X amount of dollars taken off of her invoice because of who she thinks Mm -hmm. she is and I'm like okay well unfortunately I'm unable to accommodate you and I really think that she thought I was going to just go along with it because, again, of who she works for and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I just was like, no, I'm not. And I think knowing mm-hmm. your no is where you win. And when you know your no, you can really, really, really successfully run your business because you will spend time working on things that are Absolutely. from your Absolutely. angle. So, yeah, I think staying focused on knowing what that looks like is that's how you win. That is the only way you win. Because if you're just spinning your wheels and doing everything that comes across your desk, you will never level up to the
0: next thing that you're supposed to be doing because you're just spinning the wheels. You know, and that's something, like you said, we have to master. Because I remember when I first started in my product based business, I was taking on these events, doing vendor events and sponsoring these. And I'm like, wait a minute why am I spending all this money? And I'm not seeing a return. I'm not seeing a return on paying $1,500 to sponsor any bed. And I'm sending you 200 products and I'm not seeing a return on that. I had to really realize right. that, like you said, you have to learn and figure out how to position yourself in your brand. It makes sense for you. And, it took me about two years to really get that together because it's like we would like you say you get all of these emails bombarded with stuff all the time and you have to really know how to decipher and one thing I would say for anybody that everybody that's listening do not be afraid to ask but always be prepared to um, um what am I the word I'm trying to use is like to negotiate there are always opportunities out there. You know, nobody wants to get paid less than what they're offering. But if you can provide something that will be beneficial, and that's the word, beneficial, to the other person, then it makes sense. But if you're coming and asking for discounts, like you said, about this person, and it's not benefit me, why would I want to say yes to that? You have to learn how to leverage yourself and put yourself in a position where, like you said, you have to learn how to say no. Yeah, and I do think there's
1: a certain amount of, like, quote-unquote exposure um, that certain brands need or want um, to a certain degree. I And this is to, to expound on what you just said. I remember someone calling my phone and they were like, and this was years ago, but, you know, she called me and she was like, oh, you know, this is this, and this is my book signing. And, you know, and another person, I mean, same thing. Hey, this is this, this, and this, and, you know, it'll just be all this exposure for you. And I said, let me tell you something, I'm going to, and I'm going to just, this is me being real, real. I said, you can repeat this if you need to. I don't mind my name being attached to something that I've said I said if I um, wasn't exposed you wouldn't be Hmm. on my phone and I'm very clear about that Uh, and the reason I said is because you didn't just find me out of nowhere I'm pretty certain some random person to say hey you know hit up chef to the stars but what I will say is I believe there is a window in your career, your time where you do have to give away what you do to a small degree. But at the end of the day, to your point, making something mutually beneficial, like you said, negotiating what that means. Okay, they want to put your logo on their website. Okay, can they also, when the event is over, email their database and say, hey, these were Absolutely. our vendors. These are the amazing people that assisted. Like, I mean, candidly, and I can say this because you and I are both mm-hmm. business owners. Your company was so gracious to donate to mm-hmm. our nonprofit. And you guys have been on our website for the last year. There are still men asking about those products that were at that event. So, my point is just there are other ways. And we emailed every person that assisted us with that. We had over 30 vendors donate to that function. We emailed a huge list out to everyone like, hey, these people are black owned businesses they have serviced this community they have helped um this very generous cause I mean our event wasn't for our profit and that's I think where the other fine line is it's like okay you're having a book signing to sell Mm -hmm. your book but you want me to give you free food so people can come and purchase your Mm but you know there's it's a weird line you know what I mean and whereas when everything is for charity and in the case of the event that you and I did it was everything is going you know back to these men that have you know suffered from great loss and, and a hurricane so we want to make sure they're taken care of I just think you have to use your Absolutely. discernment about what makes sense for you and, and we got to do Absolutely. better
0: Absolutely, and I'm so glad you touched on that because when you're in a position like I said I knew we were prepared to you know help and support the event that you're talking about and I feel like when you meet people and you know that they are good people and in a position to help others i just know if i have products on hand i'm shipping them like that it's no question about it like that's how we think like we do we right. do a drive every year like right around thanksgiving where we collect hats gloves scarves food um I mean, just so much, and we go and pass it out to all those homeless people in Chicago, down in these areas where people are like living under the expressway. And I feel mm-hmm. like so many people have taken to that. Like they they messaged us beforehand and was like, "Okay, well, what day are you guys going?" Because we want to go and help support, but because again. This is a situation where they know that we love to help and support and give back. So they understand the benefit of coming on board and being a part of something like that. So,
1: and, and I think that's, you know, and kudos to you guys for that effort every year. In Chicago is a cold place honey. I cannot imagine not having four walls around my body and my family. So I commit you all for that, that work. And, you know, the Black Superhero Project, when we launched that, Idea, It was about doing your part. And I say that even with your small business, you know, there are things you can attach yourself to annually that are charitable, that give back, you know, at your discernment, at your own, you don't have to wait for someone to come ask you to be a part of something. Or, you know, I think part of blessing or being, being blessed is giving, you know, you can't receive if your hands are full. So I'm very big on giving back and this past year specifically, Uh, We've gone to 10 different cities, we've done done 10 activations, um, helping different marginalized groups of people. You guys were a part of our inaugural launch in Houston, but I do think that we have seen certainly so many small organizations, big organizations come together for the greater good of other people. And I think that's really what it's all about for me. Now I'm working in my purpose. So the food has been an amazing vehicle to, like I said, getting here, getting on the, the path and going up these hills and these these valleys you know that stuff gets real but you know when god aligns you to the things you're supposed to be doing and the people you're supposed to be doing it with that's what all of this is for i think doing your your business is great it's financially beneficial it's all those things but there's no price point you can put on the smile that someone gets for receiving a, a pair of gloves because they know their hands are going to be cold for the next three months. Those are special things and, you know, I think God calls all of us you know, according to what we're supposed to be doing and so th- these things are important to do. It's just using your, your heart and saying, you know what, that's something I want to be a part of. That's something I want to connect to and be a part of the bigger picture of, of life, which is human connectivity and making sure we're all Absolutely.
0: And, and leading to that, I, my next question would be What would you say would be your biggest success in this industry?
1: My biggest success, I think, uh, and I say this, uh, it's a twofold answer. My biggest success is that I've survived. I tell people that story every day that that I'm asked because there is no surefire way to do this Mm. the right way. You know, Um, surviving entrepreneurship is a struggle. You know, I've lived with my parents. I've, you know, uh, taken, you know, certain things and robbed Mm -hmm. Peter to pay Paul. And I've done a lot of things, you know, to make this work. And it hasn't always been this place that I sit and rest in now. It was a lot of crying. It was a lot of misunderstanding. It was a lot of unpaid invoices. It was a lot of that. And so that part is there. And then the other part, I think that my greatest, like, success is being able to teach those that are behind me you know that reach back and saying you know what you can do this too do it this way my thing my greatest success is teaching people the Mm -hmm. shortcuts um it's not even about anything I don't have an accolade to say oh you know cooking for Beyonce was my success I don't equate those are all things that are part of my Mm -hmm. journey but my success stories I think are just my mentees you know I tell people I don't give a lot of mentorship um, in my business, because I think in order to really invest in individual human beings, you really got to pour, pour, pour. And so I always say, if I'm going to call you my mentee, and you're a part of, you know, learning my ways and learning what I do, I mean, I would be doing my legacy a disservice if you're not better than me. And so I always go back and I, I reach that way. And I try to teach Hey, y'all, it doesn't have to be culinary school. It doesn't have to be this way. There's no one formula to get to this result. It is just about your dedication and your consistency. If you're consistent and you are honest and you are transparent and you do your application of your best work every single day, God is going to reward that. I don't care how you you Mm -hmm. cut it. You know, if you have to go sleep on your friend's couch for two months whatever that looks like. I've, I've done a lot of things. And I, I tell people I'm not a, I'm not, I'm like a billboard. You know, you can put my whole life on a billboard because anything you want to ask me or know, you know, I'm going to be transparent about that. This has not been easy. It has not been all smiles. It is not Instagram, which is like you said, from the beginning, this curated, perfect photo of what life looks like. My life has been hard. I am a single mother. I have a long list of things that would make this otherwise difficult, but I've kept going, you know, and I think that's what I would tell anybody. Your success is survival. If you can survive, you can pay your rent. You can figure out how to get to that next level. That is your success. It's not cars. It's Mm -hmm. not rings. It's not, um, you know, even certain relationships. It's just, you know, winning in spite of. Listen, you t- you are
0: testifying right now. You said your success <laughs> is survival. I love that. Like, that is, yeah. that is something that I feel like people need to live by. And I was just telling somebody, like, one of the famous quotes that I love was by Maya Angelou. And she said, when you get, you give. And when you learn, you teach. You have exemplified that through everything that you have been through and what you're doing now. So... I appreciate
1: that. that. I mean, no one's ever put it that
0: way, but I
1: I agree, you know, and I mean, I appreciate that, you know, something and someone so amazingly um, gifted with her words and her teachings, you know, those black women before us that just really put their nose to the pavement, literally to pave and create and carve away for us to be able to walk through here and still you know what I mean rise literally and rise to the occasion and and you know combat the things that are different battles for us than it would have been for them but nonetheless remaining courageous in that and I tell women all the time you know I didn't think there'd come a point where you know we'd still be having to have these conversations Mm -hmm. about being a woman and being paid and all these things but we are clearly here and so it's okay you know I don't get paid what my counterparts get paid. I remember someone, you know, and it's no shade or no diss to Chef Robley, but you know they offered mm-hmm. him double what they offered me for the same gig, you know. And so I tell people all the time, and we're both black, we're from Houston. I mean, I can give you all the side-by-side mm-hmm. side things, but that male female gender thing is a real thing. So we just have to keep, you know, going and commanding, you know, what we're worth and but don't budge off of it. If someone doesn't want to pay you, that, like you said, negotiation is fine, but not to Absolutely. Your detriment and not to what you know is true.
0: Walk away. Just say, you know what, that ain't yeah. for me. And that, that's what you have to be clear And, about. you know, let's, and I want to touch on that, too, because I feel like so many people are scared to walk away because they think that the opportunity won't come again. But one thing I can say is what's meant for you is meant for you. And if that doesn't work yes, out, sure. you move on. God is going to bring something else bigger and better alone you may not see it right at that moment but i promise you it has never failed me and i've learned to like you said to step back and walk away and each time yeah you may be a little disappointed but just know that god has something better he didn't yeah
1: always always something better i think that that's the the like i said the discernment piece of What we do is just that, you know, it's deciding, you know what? Mm -mm. That's just one too many things that I'm not willing to do. And when you realize like, okay, this is not it, it's this. And you may not see, like you said, the fruits of that. No, until Mm -hmm. two years from now, a year from now, six months from now, but that's okay. You know, or God may send that in a different lane, in a different way. So it's, it's just okay to just really dial into who you are. I think being clear about who you are knowing what you're willing to do what you're not willing to do is how you rise and how you level up because if you're not commanding a certain thought process and a certain regard from people then you're not you're not being clear mm-hmm. I, I tell you about it. people don't call me for certain things they know that they shouldn't and that is because I have made that clear I don't do ABCD. I don't do XYZ. And the reason I don't is because those things don't work for my brand or they don't work for me. And so you start to become synonymous with what you are known for and what people will mm-hmm. approach you about. People don't approach me. In. So, you know, once you put some definition around who you are, what you're doing, what you're about, people will respect that. And they will only come to you with things that make sense. You have to just start thinking and aligning yourself with that. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So I definitely want to talk about food before we, you know, wrap up. So let's talk about the food because, um, I know that most chefs, like like you said, your your background was in pastries and baking and things like that. But now you've moved on and you, you've expanded your um, presentation and what you could prepare. So I just want to know, like, what's your favorite thing to prepare? So I, of course, get this question often, too.
1: I'll, I'll say it this way. Um. I think as a chef I just love to cook food right so I'm not I'm not it's not a favorite thing I pre- I like to prepare there because I can prepare anything I think what I love to do is to give people an experience I don't think it's necessarily about if it's grits or it's eggs or it's a steak or it's ramen noodles like because you got to remember too sometimes chefs are asked to make things that we would never necessarily mm-hmm. puree but Okay, you want some ramen noodles with some whatever on top because it reminds you of, you know, your childhood. All those things are things we have to be willing to do. I say this to say, you know, I like to give people an experience. I like when people walk up to me after an event and tell me that their grandmother has been uh, deceased for 25 years, but my fried chicken reminded them of her. Those types of things are exciting for me they make me feel that I have touched a person with a memory um that makes them remember so yeah I mean I I mean food in itself is like I said it's nothing but nostalgia because we're always comparing it to something we had before or something we've always wanted to have and you know for the first time blah 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 so we I think food is just a very special uh, dynamic that brings people together there's two things there's food and music you know that bring cultures and and people together so i I, i'm i'm elated to give people experiences
0: that's my answer absolutely and i and i think that is so true um and i definitely want to touch base on what you said about this being a male-dominated industry so what what would you um suggest or advice you would give for um a young woman that's interested in getting into this space what advice would you give them and how would they um possibly deal with that
1: well so it's funny right we were raised the women belong in the kitchen (laughs) and women
0: put the aprons
1: on and you know now it's well you know sis and Mm -hmm. you know it's all this stuff so young ladies you know i always say to you all be firm You know, be clear. Don't let men violate your personal space in the kitchen. Don't let men try to make you less than in a a kitchen speak up you know just because there's a man in charge does not mean that he's right it doesn't mean that he's wrong you know what I mean but it it definitely I think a lot of women get intimidated because they're not in quote unquote certain positions and so I guess for me I never really experienced it as much as other women because I didn't work in traditional uh, background like I didn't really work in restaurants like I said from the beginning for very long Uh, although I did experience that in the very short time I was in there you know like I was working for a white male, you know, who was very, um, he was yelling all the time. He was screaming. He was all these things. and So I just say, hold your own, be clear. You know, if you believe something and feel something or you're certain about your area of expertise, ride on that thing, you know, um, speak up and say what needs to be said. And I think what's also important is when you realize that someone is being chosen over you or that they are being paid more than you, again, same thing speak up because I think the more that we have conversations around what's difficult and what's uncomfortable, it can start to become uncommon. When you start challenging the status quo and challenging what other people are saying about the same thing, I think it becomes something they have to address. You know, you have to address when you know this person is doing the exact same job of being paid less money. You have to acknowledge it. And so particularly black women, I think we suffer even more in that space because they may see a white woman of course before they see you and you hate to acknowledge of course race and gender but it's a very real thing in this world and I won't act like it doesn't exist because it absolutely does um be okay with the fact that when they google black female chef it's only two or three people Mm -hmm. that pop up you know it's not it's not me (laughs) you know It's, it's not somebody it's someone else you know what I mean and just you know putting your foot forward and saying, oh, have you heard of so-and-so? And, you know, speaking up for even those that may be a little farther ahead of you, but just speaking up in those equ- equations that make sense. So I-, I think that there's just something about um, opening your mouth these days, writing the letter, sending the email. Um, people are listening and brands and corporations are certainly listening at this time. So just continue to be steadfast and um, keep your keep your head you know focused because if you are always oh man and down on yourself you know no one's really trying to hear that you just got to be clear about what your end goal is be clear and keep going towards it. Absolutely
0: absolutely so speaking of goals what do you have um you know on the horizon or what projects do you have coming up okay so a
1: couple of things um, I'm I'm just I'm actually inundated right now with with projects in the next chapter I am working on finally for those who have been following my journey, my cookbook because you know everybody's (laughs) up my butt about a cookbook. Um, It is a different type of cookbook. I am not going to say what type of cookbook it is just yet but it is a different type of cookbook that will give you um, an experience that is very personal Um, to me. um, The book is called Sunday Dinner. It is a collection of colloquialisms about being black and why food is important to us in celebration and in sorrow we eat at all occasions so that is the the special part of the book there's um, recipes from my childhood my first thing I ever made which was my grandfather's lemonade is included in the book and I'm really excited to include my family and my friends um, in this this very long winded project because it's taking me a long time to get here I wasn't really a fan Of cookbooks because I don't really measure when I cook Mm -hmm. I just cook and so that made it difficult and so I stopped to you know get that together and then my next project um, as well or in addition to that um, is going to be um, an app that I'm working on to bring chefs to more families and so I think that families um are kind of tired of eating DoorDash mm-hmm. and, and all these things. And so we're working on something special for that as well. And so I have some television and some some other things that will have me out and about and you'll see me a lot more um, you know, in the mainstream of things. I am also going to be tagging a lot more into my philanthropy work with my nonprofit. Um so honor humanity is my nonprofit. We have something called the hunger box. Um, And we feed families um, after school, feed families during dinner time, uh, particularly families that have parents out of the household between 3 p.m. and 11 p.m. There's a lot of children going home to eat very, Mm -hmm. you know, sad things, if you will. And so we want to give them living food. I'm also working with a good friend of mine, Stefan Senegal. We are putting together some amazing phase one, two and three projects of growing your own food teaching you how to do that and going from community to community to teach people how to do that um and as community and, and collectively so i'm i'm double edging my sword if you will of, of things that are obviously for profit and for expanding my brand but also serving my community is something i'm very passionate about so i'm looking forward to that in the next year for sure well at
0: all of those things sound amazing so you know you have to keep me posted And let me know where we can um, be a part of, especially this not-for-profit. And I love the fact of the cookbook and what it stands for and everything that you have going on. I, I pray for nothing but success and, you know, for you to touch other people in their lives. So speaking of being able to touch them, how about you share with everybody how they can get in touch with you and follow you? okay
1: well as usual
0: we start with the social media because everyone wants
1: to always know what that is so it is Chef to the Stars on all platforms and that's Chef the number two uh, T-H-E-S-T-A-R-S so Chef to the Stars on Instagram please come follow me I love to you know DM and keep up with y'all I don't have some ghost person running my account it's me so if you want to reach out I love to say hello Um, I don't necessarily you know help people cook through there so y'all don't start getting crazy (laughs) but nonetheless you know send me that and then my website is always uh www.tiffanyjanelle.tv and that is t-i-f-f-a-n-i-j-a-n-e-l-l-e dot tv um and there's just where you'll see like my calendar and uh, some videos from different things that I've worked on or or my television appearances etc but there's always information and that's a way to contact me. And if you ever need services, chef to the stars at me.com and that's just all spelled out regularly. C-H-E-F-T-O-T-H-E S T A R S at me.com and that will take inquiries. The website also takes inquiries for events. We do travel worldwide. Um, we are not necessarily we're based in New York now, but we are all over the country and the world serving really amazing food. So I'm looking forward to and I really appreciate you having
0: me on tonight i'm excited about this this is amazing and i just want to thank you for even taking time out of your day because i know how we're all busybodies and we all have tasks to get done and we want to make sure we spend time with our families but i really appreciate you for coming on um i'm sure that our listeners are going to love this podcast you were very open um honest shared and I know they can say that they honestly learned a lot because you know there are things that I didn't know and I learned as well so I just want to commend you and bless your business and 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 just say that if you guys have not have not followed her follow her now um like she said you know reach out dm text on my um email and um reach out you guys and don't come with those crazy prices listen you pay for what people ask <laughs> what they request pay it. you're supporting another black business and that's what it's about yeah. we can't go anywhere else and say hey i don't like that price can you give me something else a better price we don't we can, you don't do that when you go to the restaurant so you know I- Let's, let's, no,
1: that's good advice. I appreciate that. And I want to commend you on giving this amazing platform to women of color, particularly Black women that are doing their thing in their own respectful right and that you are staying steadfast with something you're committed to and your purpose and your walk. Keep going. And these things are not easy, but you know, I think God always aligns us with the information and the resources and the tools to do exactly what we're called to do. So you keep going. And I really... i'm sure we have to do some kind of we need to work on that, yes, we'll that yes yes
0: yes oh i was gonna send you an email sometime uh next week anyway so mm-hmm. we're definitely gonna touch basis you guys will see us doing something together soon i don't know how soon but it will be coming in the f- in the near future so you guys make sure you stay um make sure you stay following she's the icon and chef to the stars and you'll see what collaboration we put together so yeah i just want to thank you so much and um i'm sure that we'll have you on again with the update when you do oh the yes fabulous Looking forward to it. i'm yes. so excited thank you melinda
1: well, i appreciate you so much for having me tonight and you guys take care
0: thank you thank you right. mm-hmm. bye-bye, bye-bye.